Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Okay, hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy podcast this morning. A um, few things before we get started with our guest. Uh, I just want to thank everybody from literally all over the world, the response to the, the podcast. Uh, it's just been getting downloaded uh, from everywhere. I mean, even Russia. And so it's, I just uh, want to thank everybody for that. I really appreciate it. It had just a great response from the guests we've had on and, and uh, people are really enjoying it. So um, I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, and going right into it, I've, I've got another uh, great guest on this morning, uh, Tim Ensley, he's a cowboy, uh, calf roper, uh, bow hunter, um, just an all-around, uh, you know, cowboy and top hand and just a great guy with a, with a great story and great history. And so uh, we're just going to roll right into it and uh, let Tim tell us about what he does and, and uh, where he's going with what he's uh, got planned for the future here. So, Tim, welcome to Modern Cowboy. Hey man, thanks for having me on. I've, I've been listening to some of your podcasts. You're doing a great job. Y'all, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm I'm a newbie at this podcast thing, but um, I'm really enjoying it. And uh, I, I had a guest on uh, uh, Haley Ganzel, and I, I guess you've known her for a long time. She's a trick rider and a great, great person. And that's kind of how you and I connected a little bit uh, through social media, and and uh, ended up you know wanting to have you on the on the podcast as well. Yeah, Haley and her family have been part of a show that my family uh, owns and a show that travels all over the country, the Great American Wild West Show. My dad, um, who is Don Inslee, past national finals rodeo announcer in, uh, in the 80s and uh, uh, announced probably every major rodeo in the, in the United States at one time. Uh, he came up to this show, the Great American Wild West Show, and we've been traveling with it for probably, I think this is probably going on 20 three years that it's been traveling and Haley and her entire family basically have been part of that show for, uh, you know, Haley, at least I think since she was five. Yeah. I think yeah. we were actually the first place she ever trick road was at our show. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. And you guys, you, you guys are still going strong today. Yeah, we still, we still do a limited number of shows every year. We mostly do, uh, you know, the larger, larger fairs um mm -hmm. we actually can adapt the show for pretty much anything um uh, we've we've been uh see this year we we the last show we did was salt lake city Haley was actually there so we did salt lake city and then my dad uh has been battling cancer this summer so we kind of postponed everything after salt lake city so he can get through with his rehab uh, re, not his rehab but his uh radiation and his chemo and um once he gets done with that, we're going to crank right back up and, and never miss a stride. We've already got stuff booked for next year, and, and we're going to just keep right on rolling. That's great. And, and how, how, many, uh, how many different uh, performers do you guys have in, in your show? Oh, man, we've had, we've had as many as 70 in one show. Um, but we've stuck with pretty much our core people. Um, the people that have been in our show have, have been with us, most of them, for – 
since we started. Max Reynolds, um, Haley and her family. Haley's uncle Sean, you know, started out Roman riding for us, and uh, and that's kind of how Haley's family got involved. And and from that point, um, we pretty much, you know, the only way you really once you're part of our little group and part of our family, and you get accepted in, man, you, everybody seems to stay around and uh, until they retire. <laughs> so, uh, that's that's kind of how it is. Like everybody stays around, so they just don't want to even do it. Period anymore. And uh, then at that point, you know, we 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 always have a list of people that you know have been wanting to be part of the show, and and we uh, you know we start we start trying to move people into those slots so it, you know it's something that can go on forever and um it's something i think we need right now you know um <clears throat> definitely not not down in rodeo or anything um but you know i think i think a lot of rodeos lost a lot of the western entertainment side of it you know and it's turning more into more and more to the sports side which you know i don't necessarily think the fans are are all that you know, stoked about, I think they still want to be entertained. So I think you still got to have those really good acts like Haley um, and the trick ropers and the trick riders and, and the stuff that, that made rodeo great start with is what we do is, you know, we basically put it all together in one show and we tell a whole story around it. So. Yeah. Which, which is great. And, and again, it's, 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 uh, you know, showcasing the, just the history and the, and the culture of, you know, the, western world and the cowboy way of life and uh you know i i agree that i think it's really important i think it's i think it's needed uh you know in in our rodeo culture i think it's it's great and and speaking of rodeo too now you you, uh you are also calf roper yeah so for for 27 years uh, not only did you know i run the wild west show for my family as production manager but for 27 years, I was a professional calf roper. I traveled all over the United States. Never was a top 15 guy. I got, you know, in the top 20 a couple times, top 40 a lot, but never, uh, never necessarily a top 15 dude in the world. I was just one of those guys that um, I always made enough money, you know, to keep me going and pay my pay my light bill. And and uh, uh, I really didn't know anything else. I grew up being a cowboy, and and I knew that's what I was going to do. So if it if it took day work you know uh did a lot of day work to pay a lot of entry fees uh did just just cowboy and and then obviously the uh the wild west show came around and when the wild west show came around then that gave me a little more freedom because i could go run the show on the weeks that we had uh we had wild west shows and um and then that gave me the money to actually be able to go and rodeo the way i wanted to yeah and and where where are you guys from originally so I grew up in Texas, grew up in Weatherford, Texas. Uh, my, my parents and I moved there when I was really young, like five or six. Um, we moved, my, my, my mom and dad moved back to Arkansas, which is where they're, they're originally from as their family got their, their, their moms and dads got older and they moved back here to spend some time with them. I stayed in Texas and then, um, I moved back here. I actually just was only going to come, to Arkansas to help build a little fence and hang out for maybe a month and, and help my dad when they first uh, got moved here. Um, and uh, while I was here, I ended up meeting my wife and I just stayed. <laughs> I live in Little Rock, Arkansas now. And my parents live, live in a little um, kind of a tourist town uh, in the mountains called Heber Springs on the lake. 
uh, they live about two hours north of me. So now is Arkansas. that is that is that is there hot springs up by there? Hot springs or? is about uh, an hour and ten minutes from my house. So yeah, hot springs is is where Oakland is the racetrack, and and uh, it's kind of a it's it's kind of a hot spot here in Arkansas. It's you know, I think that's where a lot of the big gangsters used to go hang out. Okay. <laughs> uh, used to have some, uh, I know there's a couple of hotels there that, that that's kind of their claim to fame is that, you know, Al Capone and his henchmen would come stay there for, you know, weeks at a time in this hotel. And there's pictures of them on the wall in that hotel and where the hot springs are. And then I think there was some, um, there was some, uh, uh, preseason baseball that was played there. I know there's some. I know Babe Ruth played a baseball game there. Oscar Robertson, a bunch of different people played played ball there. Um, obviously, I don't do that stuff anymore. But yeah, Hot Springs is a pretty famous little town around here. Yeah. Now, and the, now, correct me if I'm wrong, because my wife has told me for several years now that we need to go to these hot springs in Arkansas. And uh, it, are, there's actual hot springs there, right? Is that is that am I picking yep. the right place? Oh yeah, yeah. There's actual hot springs here. Yep, there's actual hot springs right there in uh, uh, in the town. And um, I'm not sure exactly. I've actually never been to the hot springs, but I know they're there. I know they're in one of the hotels there. So yeah. uh, uh, I know you can go to. Uh, I know you can go in there, and they actually have those big concrete tubs, and they have the hot springs. You know that run through there, and you can go actually set. And I think there's actually maybe some place places in the wilderness there that you can go set i've just never actually been there <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah, yeah and that, that's funny because and they're supposed to have like great medicinal properties and all that which i'm sure they yep. do and uh it's funny you, you know you're living there and you've never been there and, and we live in arizona now and we lived in california and my wife was just saying not that long ago she'd never been to yosemite and and we lived literally two hours from it and or that you're a little more you know so it's <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You, you seems like seems like uh, every place else is always better than where you're sitting. You know, it's always more interesting. And then you have people that come here and they talk about, man, how beautiful Arkansas is and how beautiful the mountains and all this stuff is. And and I see our mountains and I think they're great. Uh, but then I get to go to Montana somewhere and I'm like, wow, now this is mountains. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So now, uh, Tim, you do you do a lot of other things too. I mean, besides the Wild West show and your history in calf roping. Um, you're also a, a, an avid a bow hunter, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, actually it's kind of strange. I got into, I kind of got into bow hunting late. I got into hunting late. I actually didn't even start hunting until I, after I got married because my wife's family were all big avid hunters. Uh, none of them were bow hunters. They all were, you know, pretty much primarily rifle hunters. And, uh, uh, I don't know. I just, I kind of got into it, but I wasn't as much into the rifle hunting. I got really into the bow hunting. Just, I love the, you know, I just love the strategy and, and the fact that, you know, there, there's way less of a chance of getting a shot, um, you know, with, with the bow. I mean, you got to really do everything right. And that's, that's kind of what I really enjoyed about it. I like the fact that you, uh, not saying that, that the rifle hunting is, is, you know, any, any less difficult, um, it just, the bow just seemed like more of a challenge to me. Yeah. So I really got into that and that was kind of my release from rodeo. So, you know, when my rodeo season was over, I would have about a month, say 
you know, from the end of November through just about Christmas and I'd be able to hunt. And then I had to kind of start getting ready for the winter rodeos and for, for uh, uh, Mike Johnson always had the world's richest rope in there at Tulsa and right. um, invitation only. And I got invited to that pretty much every year that he had it. And so I'd get to hunt for about a month. And then my wife would come get my bow and put it in the closet. And say you've got to practice because you've got Denver and, and, uh, <laughs> Denver, Fort Worth, Santone, Mike Johnson. She got all these rodeos coming up, so you need to uh, put the bow up and actually maybe go rope some calves. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, kind of bow hunting was kind of my release. It was my place that I could go, and I didn't have to think about entering. I didn't have to think about, you know, uh, how much I needed for fees that week. I didn't have to think about how much a rodeo had added. I didn't have to think about doing anything for sponsors. I could just go sit in a tree and just kind of veg out and and hunt deer and that's yeah. and that's what i wanted to do it's kind of funny because i retired from rodeo eight years ago and uh, i tried to get as far away from it as i could and now in in hunting hunting is my business i'm a freelance videographer and photographer now and i go all over the country filming uh, not only for for other people but for myself and for uh couple of companies that I work for Badlands Packs is one of them and I do a, produce a show for them so I go a lot a lot of places um, basically filming and producing outdoor video and, and films and and photo content and so now I'm actually starting back to rope calves because <laughs> I need an outlet from rope from hunting <laughs> yeah, that, so, that, that's funny <laughs> yeah it is it's kind of a weird deal it's like uh so hunting was my outlet for so long and now it's uh now it's my business so now roping's going to kind of be my outlet um I'm, I'm actually just got through talking to uh we're doing we're actually doing a series of films about my my comeback to calf roping which is um i'm not going i'm not going to buy my card back and just really go a whole lot uh i want to go more or less on a local basis just where i can still concentrate on my all my work that i have here at home and and all the the stuff I had to do, but, um, but we, we started talking about this film concept and then, um, my dad, I think I, I mentioned earlier, he's been battling cancer. It's pancreatic cancer. And, mm. um, uh, I had a, I had a really close friend that, that passed away two years ago from pancreatic cancer and, and he played baseball for the white Sox and, and, uh, went on a few hunting trips with him. And he, he was five years with, uh, non-surgical, uh, stage, or pancreatic cancer which he knew that he wasn't going to make it yeah and uh he really made a point to go everywhere he could go and uh and hunt and and not long after he passed away it, it was probably less than six months i guess after he passed away then then we found out my dad had pancreatic cancer fortunately his was operable and they could get it but through uh they could go in and, and and do surgery and then you know do chemo and radiation and treatments to to help prevent the spread of it make sure it didn't spread anywhere um strange through through my, my buddy rick uh with pancreatic cancer i did a lot of events with him a lot of uh events promoting a comp uh, uh, an organization called project purple which is a pancreatic research company and pancreatic cancer research company and and the, the guy that runs it named Dino and, and 
soon as this happened to my dad, I called Dino immediately. And Dino, you know, was like, wow, you know, uh, strange how we met. And then now this is going on. And Dino's been so instrumental in, in answering all my questions and helping us along the way, try to make some of the decisions that, that we weren't sure about and making sure we're making the right decisions. So we just came up with a plan to, um, to, uh, along with project purple. So some of these rodeos I'm going to, and that we're going to film, uh, we're going to do, uh, purple shirts and their logo on everything. And we're going to really try to bring some attention to what they're doing as far as pancreatic cancer. Um, you don't really realize until you get involved in it, how prevalent pancreatic cancer is and that it's so, you know, it's, it's, it's so widespread. I mean, yeah. uh, I'd only actually ever heard of a few cases and, you know, and then I met Rick and after I met Rick, I, I talked to so many people that have survived. I talked to so many people that had family members pass away. Obviously Aretha Franklin just passed away from, from pancreatic cancer. Um, it's, uh, but there's, uh, there's some, some places out there you can get the answers and I want to really help promote that, especially with my dad, who's, you know, a Hall of Fame cowboy and Texas Rodeo Hall of Fame cowboy. And, um, and now, you know, he's, he's fighting it. Thank goodness. He's only got a few more treatments left and they think he's going to be home free. So, but that's not the case for a lot of people. And I just think the more, the more information we can get out there for people, the better. Yeah. The more awareness. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, it's, it's interesting, you know, how we kind of, got talking about that one of the reasons that i started the podcast was uh just because i'm you know i'm in an age in my life and i've i've gone through a uh you know a genetic disorder that i was diagnosed with late in life i you know, wasn't aware of and and anyway you know it's impacted me significantly and and uh you know um being able to do this and, and, and talk to people, uh, you know, and just like you and, and bringing awareness to things and, and being able to help people. That's at this point in my life, that's the whole objective. And it sounds like, you know, you're in that same direction, you know, with what you're wanting to do, even getting back into calf roping is bring awareness to, you know, the pancreatic cancer uh, issue, because it, it used to be not that long ago when pancreatic cancer was basically a death sentence, you know, there was, they, yep. they, they couldn't really treat it. And uh, there's just, um, a lot we can do to reach out and help people, you know, um, not only in the, the Western world, but, you know, outside the Western world too. And, and I, I think that's a, a, a great thing you're doing. And I'm, I'm glad your dad's, uh, looks like he's going to be able to, to pull through and do good. So that's great. Yeah. Cause like you said, it wasn't very long ago that, you know, what pancreatic cancer was an automatic death sentence, but, um, because of these companies, especially these organizations, I say companies, organizations such as Project Purple, my, my buddy Rick Carone, uh, his family has a foundation called Team Carone. Um, and these are, these are organizations that their sole purpose is to bring awareness to this. And they, they donate, I don't know how much money um, actually that Project Purple gave to, you know, places like MD Anderson last year to help keep the the um the research keep funding that research for pancreatic cancer um i think you know i'm just so thankful for those for them because i can tell you i had no answers um yeah. we were scared to death my dad was scared to death and 
we could have made some really bad mistakes to start with. Um, and it's just important to be informed. And yeah. that's why it's so important to, to, to get that word out there that there are places like Team Corona, there are places like Project Purple that you can go and get answers because I can tell you right at first, we got some really bad answers. And yeah. um, it, it actually, you know, I mean, it could have cost my dad his life and uh, it just didn't feel right. But when you don't know, you're just, you're just at the mercy of the people that are telling you what's going on, you know? And um, fortunately we got some second opinions. And when we did that, uh, you know, it's been a long recovery for my dad. He had Whipple surgery, which is about a six hour surgery. And mm-hmm. uh, it's been a long recovery for my dad. And it's been great. Just all the people that, you know, through the years that we've known through rodeo, you know, Johnny uh, uh, day checks in on my dad quite a bit. Uh, a lot of our old rodeo friends, the Steiners, my dad announced all of Steiner Rodeo for, you know, 12 or 13 years there. It's where I kind of grew up with those people. Um, of course, all of Haley's family, ever, a lot, so many people from rodeo just continue to check in on my dad and um, people that we've just met through rodeo and through, through the entertainment business over the years, you know, and I, and I, and I, I appreciate that so much because they're not people you talk to every day, but, you know, they see, that's kind of the cowboy way though, right? Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. We kind of take care of our own. And that's uh, kind of one thing I've learned about being in the outdoor industry. Um, a good friend of mine told me, I posted a picture a while back of me and a buddy of mine named Jack Hewitt at Cheyenne and Jack's a cowboy. I mean, Jack's not a, Jack's not a rodeo cowboy. Jack's a cowboy. Mm-hmm. Jack gets up every day and works on a ranch and, and, you know, he works all day comes in each dinner and then he goes out and ropes steers and ropes calves tonight and practice pins, but he works cows all day. Um, and Jack and I were talking not long ago and I said, I've made some decisions in the outdoor industry. It's probably cost me money, but uh, it just seems right. You know, as far as my ethics go and the way I was raised and the way I feel, sometimes I feel like you have to put, um, sometimes I, I feel like you have to put your repu- reputation over a dollar and uh and i don't ever want to be a guy that is willing to throw my reputation out the window for a dollar and he said well you know that's the thing about growing up being a cowboy you can uh you can go do something else but you're always you're always going to be a cowboy you're always going to have those <laughs> things that you grew up with them so um and that kind of turned the switch on for me in the, in the industry that i'm in now which is the outdoor industry and doing photography work and filming and, and editing and producing and all this stuff as far as these hunts and all this stuff goes is um, uh, coming from a guy that just nodded his head for a living to having to deal with, you know, heads of companies and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but in it's, you know, like if, like they say, if you're not growing, you're dying, you know, and, and you're just growing into the next, the next thing and the next phase of your life. And, and uh, I think that's a great, a great thing. And it's a great example to show other people. It's like, myself i was a chiropractor for years you know and and i don't do that anymore but i, I do other things you just move on and and uh i've still i've got some things i'm doing along that vein but um you know you're right it's just uh uh you know things evolve and and you you, you go with them and you, the plan is that you get better and and you and and you do more good so i think that's uh that's a noble th- a noble thing yeah and i think if you bring those you know the, the key is, is I've always said this, felt this about, I'm, I'm not a great business person. I'll tell you that, Ralph. I'll tell everybody, you know, 
no way I was I was a great business person or I wouldn't have spent 27 years of my life trying to nod my head for a living because you're not <laughs> going to get rich that way. Um, I had a whole lot of fun, probably way more fun than uh, humans should ever be allowed to have. Uh, I traveled with some great people, but you know, like you just you just always are going to carry certain values with you no matter what. And I think if um, if I sat down at, at a table and, and I'm negotiating with someone as far as me, you know, working for their company and doing film work or photography work for them in the outdoor industry, and I get a cheesy feeling about them as, as a person, I don't really want to represent that company, you know. Um, it's not worth me taking that dollar uh, and trying to promote something I don't believe in. Uh, and it's just it's hard to do. It's hard to turn it down, but you know, I had a great teacher. My, my dad, one time we turned down, we turned down a sponsorship for a huge tour for the great American wild west show from a beer company. Um, and we don't have anything. Nobody has anything against drinking in my family. I mean, my, my, my dad doesn't drink. My mom will have a drink every so often. I'll have a beer every so often. Uh, but we're a family show and we felt like that, if we were presented by large alcohol companies, then there was no way we could be a family show anymore. So uh, if it was up to the venue, if the venue was that we were, you know, that hired us to come in, if they sold beer, that was their deal. But we weren't going to be the ones bringing it in because we felt like, you know, we were, we were a family show for kids, for, for small kids to, to see cowboy heroes and trick riders and trick ropers and longhorns and buffalo and Indians and, stage coaches and you mm-hmm. know we we wanted that to be portrayed and you know the last thing we wanted was you know four drunk people you know dumping beer on a family of four in the bleachers you know uh, uh so uh, uh you know my dad turned down a really lucrative deal and that was because he felt like the ethics of the show were on the line and could have meant a lot of money for us but i definitely respected him for it totally respected him for it and but that's the kind of values you you know you grow up with those kind of values and you look at the big picture and i think um I, to me in the end you know it's a lot easier to sleep tonight yeah well and it's it's so true too when you're <clears throat> when you're doing what you love and what's in your heart and you're doing the right thing uh you, you know it and you feel it and and you're able to do uh so much more for other people when when you're living that way and uh I agree. And I've learned everything the hard way too. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm by no means a, a great businessman, um, uh, you know, but uh, at this point in my life, you know, uh, it's, uh, I've figured out, you know, things that I, I want to do from here forward. And, and, and one of them is, you know, reaching out and, and, and uh, helping other people and, and having other people tell their stories and, and, and learning from that. And, and uh, it's a great thing. Uh, you, you know, you, you and I have something else in common too. I mean, in, in the hunting world, I mean, I grew up hunting. I'm, I wasn't like a super, super big hunter, but I did teach hunter education for uh, oh, about five years. I volunteered when we were in California. And uh, right. so, um, you know, I know, I, <clears throat> I know a lot about, you know, just the, the hunting uh, world and in the con, con, uh, conservation world, you know, um, and, right. you know, and that's one thing people don't understand about hunting too, is it, you know, uh, hunting's about, you know, doing the right thing when, when nobody's looking and 
it's really the hun- uh, the hunters and the licenses that are purchased and and all those things that that maintain our wildlife and um you know no 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 north american game animal has ever uh, become extinct from regulated hunting and uh, that's what uh, you know a lot of people don't understand and so um, i'm 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 really excited about uh, what you got going with the with uh, with your hunting deal and, and we talked about something too before and i don't know if you want to bring it up now or not but about um uh another podcast did you want to elaborate on that or yeah yeah so uh, when when i was still rodeoing full-time and, and i was just kind of bow hunting you know for for my for my outlet i i used the very first ever hunting podcast was called boatcast boatcast.com b-o-w-c-a-s-t dot com and it was a uh, it was my go-to place i mean i was new to bow hunting and i was constantly craving information i mean i went at bow hunting just like i did you know roping calves i mean i wanted to i wanted to work at it i wanted to practice i wanted to learn everything i could about it and that was my go-to place and they had the first hunting podcast of course at that time you know it wasn't there was no options um it was you just had to pull it up on your on your computer at the time, you know, it wasn't even a laptop then. It was just a, you know, your desk computer <laughs> so yeah, you pulled yeah. it up on, your, on your big console and you yeah. could listen to those guys on a, on a recorded uh, podcast, you know, that they were, they basically called it a, uh, I don't think they called it a podcast. Then they called it a something else. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that, that, um, that was my go-to place for, for a long time. And the two guys that, that kind of started it, uh, were friends of mine eventually as I kind of got on and, and started getting a little more interested. And um, uh, I was fortunate enough a year ago to get to purchase bowcast.com and the, uh, and the podcast. And so we're fixing to relaunch that podcast and the new website. Um, looks like we're going to launch it in January, uh, probably the end of January. We've, We've had it for about a year and a half. Um, uh, there was another owner in between the original guys and us, and uh, he was just kind of uh, too busy really to do it and keep everything up on his own. And so I took a partner in on this deal, and uh, she was one of the original contributors to the first BOCAS when it was originated. She was, her name's Terry Zilka. And, um, she was one of the original contributors. She was one of the ones that helped them get it started. She was the one that helped them with their, with their blogs, with everything to do with bowcast.com. And, uh, Carrie reached out to me. She found out I bought it and she reached out to me and, uh, she and I became partners on the uh, podcast and the website. And we've been slowly rebuilding the website to get it back to what it was originally, which is an information based website where people can go and find a lot of information on bow hunting and, and, a lot of different blogs and then we're also going to relaunch the web the, the podcast bowcast.com as soon as uh, uh in january we just decided january is the best time to launch it because we we actually wanted to have a lot of podcasts in the can and ready because we did not want to miss a week right right and you you know uh, you know now it's you know the content is king and and it's super hard to find a lot of interesting content so uh we felt like if we could start out with 20 really good for, you know, lack of a better word, we just wanted really 
good badass podcast to start this whole thing out with so that uh, every week someone was getting something, you know, really new and cool to listen to and uh, in the hunting world. And, uh, uh, and that's kind of where our plan was. And that's, whether it's right or wrong, that's how we're going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Look, that's great. And it, it's funny. I mean, you know, here, you, you know, you're about as cowboys you can get and you're listening to podcasts uh, before they're even popular back in the, you know, back in the day. And now, uh, now you, you got your own that's going to be launching. And I think that's super cool, you know, and, and bow hunting has really, has really uh, just increased in popularity too. Um, tremendously, you know, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, guys, I mean, like Joe Rogan, he's a big bow hunter now, you know, and, uh, um, you know, so, uh, very cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to that, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and like you say, you know, with, with the podcast nowadays, just like this one, <clears throat> it just, it's a, a whole different medium for consuming content. People can listen to it at will when they want, you know, you don't have to watch, I mean, uh, uh, you don't have to watch it, you know, you can uh, listen to it when you're doing other things from working out to working to whatever it may be. And, uh, it just, it blocks out noise of, of, of big media. Uh, that's the way I look at it anyway, where, you know, you're not getting these commercials shoved at you all the time. So um, that's very cool. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm addicted to them, man. Like, like when I travel and I travel about it almost as much now as I did, you know, when I was rodeo and obviously I'm not gone for months at a time, like I was then. And, but I mean, I'm not gone for three months at a time or four months at a time. Now I'm gone for, you know, a couple of weeks at a time, rarely longer than a month. Um, but I'm addicted to them. Like, that's what I listen to on the road when I'm traveling. Uh, when I'm flying, no matter what, I've always got – I'll go through and download several podcasts from several different people. Yep. Um, that's how I found yours. Um, yeah. I wanted uh, – Tate Swords, uh, a guy that I met, he was kind of coming into the PRCA at about the time I was kind of dwindling out, and I can remember being at a big – open at in louisiana at a um at a big casino it had like ten thousand added it was just a big one head it was a rodeo they had a rodeo there an open rodeo there that like on saturday night but everybody roped on friday night and then they brought the top 10 back to that rodeo that night and Cade was in high school huh. and and he was with a friend of mine named jay connor from louisiana and Jade could really rope. And I remember Jade came up to me and he said, Hey, watch this kid rope. And, um, I didn't know, I didn't know who Cade was. And, um, seemed like he tied one like seven, four that night and looked like he was you know, going at speed. And, uh, and I was like, dang, man, this dude can rope. And then just to kind of find out a little bit about Cade's background and knowing that he was a, sure enough, a cowboy. I like, I like his attitude. I like the way he goes about things. It's, you know, he, he enjoys being a cowboy and that, that, that's what I, that's what impresses me the most about guys. I want them to enjoy being a cowboy, you know, yeah. I heard somebody say one time, you know, well, how do you feel about somebody's hat falling off when they're roping? And they said, well, maybe they're not too proud to be a cowboy if they let their hat fall off. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought, I thought, yeah, you know, that kind of sums it up, but that's how I found your podcast. I saw, I saw, uh, I saw a post that, that Cade was, You've done a podcast with Kate, and I wanted to listen to it. And I actually listened to it while I was working on video. And, uh, <laughs> and then you had Haley on, and then you know, so you know, I think uh, I think that's the deal. I, I download interesting podcasts of people that I want to hear talk, yeah. and um, 
and it doesn't matter who I, I probably follow 15 different podcasts including mm-hmm. um, another really good one out there that i follow is from the climbing and and hiking community and uh kind of the outdoor adventure sports community what's that uh, called, called duct tape. oh what's duct it called tape beer. duct tape and beer oh, okay okay yep um the duct tape and beer podcast i love that um <laughs> it's um uh those 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 dudes do a great job uh with their podcast they have some interesting people on there that, that have very interesting stories and and that's the whole key man and, you know the podcasting deal for me I like Rogan's podcast, but I don't listen to all of them because some of those people just don't interest me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and, and I like Rogan's too, but his are so long. I, I just, I can't, there's no way I could listen to that. But but I'm like you, I, I, I cherry pick, you know, I go through and, and I listen yep. to all, all kinds of them. And I, I can tell you another one that, one that really got got me going in podcast too, though, is one called Self-Made Man by Mike Dillard. That's a great podcast. And, um, but there's, uh, you know, it's, I'm a podcast yep. junkie myself, you know, because I've, I've learned so much and you can hear so many people talk about, uh, you know, um, all kinds of different things and just, uh, like it's just at your fingertips, you know, and, and if you get listened to one and you're not that interested, boom, and just, you know, you can skip ahead or skip but, out, you know? Absolutely. And, um, and that's the deal, you know, with, with podcasting was like, like, I, if, these, if, if there had been podcasts available on my phone, whenever I was rodeoing, man, like, my whole truck would have been in the trailer, probably everybody that's traveling with me, because like I, I will, I will just completely veg out over podcasts, and and I literally don't listen to music driving down the road um, anymore when I'm traveling. I drove 22 hours to camp in Montana this year, and I listened to 22 hours worth of podcasts on the way there. <clears throat> it's crazy. Well, you know um, that that's one yeah. of the reasons I left the the rope and pin song, uh, you know Trent Wilman song. Um, I, I, I let it play all the way out at the end of the podcast because that, that way uh, uh, it, at least it puts some music in there too because I'm kind of the sure. same way. I, I head over to the podcast real real quick, one right after another. It's Yeah, and I think it's great that there's, you know, um, the, you know, that was one of the things I felt like was lacking when I kind of, after eight years of being out of the, the rodeo scene, um, I started looking around just to see what was going on social media wise. And, and I just didn't find a whole lot of, I didn't find that the podcasts were prevalent yet, you know, and I also looked and saw that, you know, there's, so, you know, social media hasn't really, it's, 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 it's behind, it's behind in the rodeo world. And I think that uh, I would really, it would really benefit, a lot of cowboys to learn something about social media, especially the guys that, you know, I look back that were champions when I was rodeoing and, you know, I look back now and they, they could still be benefiting from those championships through social media. If we had known anything about social media back in those days, I mean, I'm not social media savvy either. I'm, I'm a trial and error guy, but um, I look at, you know, like I said, the guys that are, that are champions, from my era, from when I was out rodeoing, and I look now, and you know, those guys should have a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand followers, and be getting paid every day for the rest of their life, you know, off of those championships. Uh, but you know, I just like everything else; it, it's a it's a progression, you know. Um, rodeo was a little behind; the hunting world was a little behind as far as social media went. So everything's kind of catching up, and that's the same thing with podcasts. You know, it's 
I think I think eventually we're going to see that there's going to be more rodeo podcasts. I think we're going to see that there's going to be more guys that are dependent on social media. There are a few guys that are actually working social media pretty well and planning for their futures. Yeah, and that's what uh, I found in uh, you know when I got ready to start this podcast, just looking in the cowboy uh, western and rodeo world that uh, there were, I mean, hardly any. And um, and like you're saying. Now we're seeing more, you know, the, the score uh, from the team roping journal started, which is a solely team roping podcast, which is really good. And um, like you said, I think we're going to start to see a lot more, uh, you know, podcasts in, in, uh, in this space. Yeah, I think so too. And I, you know, it's when I, the, the, the outdoor industry was as far as the hunting world goes, it was pretty far behind, um, the rest of the world as far as social social media and and stuff went and podcast is part of the social media network basically um i think because it's it's available anytime so and that's what social media is it's something that's it's, it's information that's available anytime 24 hours a day uh, you right. don't have to just you know you don't have to set a schedule to watch it at, you know list a podcast specifically at 7 p.m on a tuesday night um and i guess if you know, when I first got in the outdoor industry, I couldn't understand why some of these companies were so solely based on television and, and paying 70 and 80 and a hundred grand, you know, to have their products on television. And I felt like I watched brands like monster energy drinks and Red Bull and, and these surf brands, you know, Hurley, DC shoes, all these companies that were built off of social media in the, in its infancy, as well as YouTube. And so when I first came into the outdoor industry, you know, the first thing I started talking about was I, I started talking to some of these companies about using YouTube as a venue to promote uh, their products rather than spending as much money on television. And they pretty much just laughed me out of the, out of the room. Now, uh, eight years later, they're paying TV money to guys with big followings on YouTube. So, um, you know, it kind of came full circle. Yeah. Um, not saying I started that trend or anything. I'm just saying I felt like it was just a long time coming. And I think the same thing with rodeo is is, is true too. Um, I think you know we have a few channels on Dish Network that you can turn on and watch Western events. You can watch you know obviously RFD or Cowboy Channel, Cowboy Channel or Ride or whatever. You can watch some stuff on television. But I think with more as this thing progresses, I think you're going to see more and more social media channels. Like one guy I've been watching a lot lately and he freaking just does it. And that's the Dale Brisby deal. Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, great. like, like I got, I got pretty well, like, uh, I don't know. I got kind of addicted to watching those videos and I was watching <laughs> them while I was at the gym, you know, I'd, I'd be on a stair climber on a treadmill and I'd watch like video after video after video. And I thought, man, this guy's got it figured out. I mean, he's funny. He's promoting rodeo. Yeah. Um, he's promoting the lifestyle and he's making a living doing it. And that's, uh, and that's cool. And that's, you know, immediately started thinking about the guys that were champions back in my day. And I thought, Warren, you know, if we, if we would have known about social media, then if we'd have had that venue, then I feel like some of these guys that, that have all these go buckles, you know, from just, just 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they could still be making a living off those go buckles. You know, if they had 100,000 followers and had them a YouTube channel up, 
they would still be making a living from being a world champion. And I, but we just weren't savvy. I mean, we didn't know about it. And for me, it was common sense when I got into the outdoor industry. I'm like, man, if all these big brands, you know, on the West Coast were created off of YouTube and social media, then I don't understand why we're spending all this money on television um, to be part of a television show, to have a 30-second spot that we don't even know if everybody saw it or not, you know? Um, And YouTube, you can can see the number of clicks, you know, so. Yeah, and and the thing is, too, is it's, uh, it's just like the music industry, how it's been impacted as well where, you know, independent sure. artists can, you know, put something on social media and and get a following and not have the overhead and expenditures or the paying a percentage to, you know, a big record company and, and, and they can tour and do their shows and make a good living, uh, you know, doing what they love, you know? Yeah, and you think about this, you think about this, like companies like Coca-Cola or Pepsi or, or some of those major companies out there, they pay millions of dollars a year for other people to run their social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's another avenue where social media has created uh, uh, revenue um, because just like a guy like me, I'm, I'm, I'm horrible at social media. Otherwise I, I've had an Instagram page for like four years now or five and you know, I've got 6,000 followers. Uh, you know, at this point, I've got friends that started theirs the same time I did, did, and you know they're really good at social media, and they've got you know twenty five, thirty five, forty thousand followers, and you know I've got six thousand, and I told them I said, well maybe I've decided I'm just not that interesting. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I don't think that's the case, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to when you you know get your your podcast launched, and then you you also um, you you rep some other brands. I mean, um, is there any yep. other? What, 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 want to yeah. talk about those a little bit? Sure. So, um, you know, the number one brand that 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 first the, the two two companies that took a chance on me first whenever I came out of rodeo, and I always had a lot of sponsors when I was rodeoing. I mean, I was with, you know, I had ML Letties as a sponsor. I had um, I had Lucky Ryan's Western Wear in Fort Worth as a sponsor. I had Texaco as a sponsor. I had Purina for about eight years. Um, Man, I had, yeah, you know, I had a lot of sponsors for a guy that never made it in the top fifteen at the time when most guys didn't have a lot of sponsors. But uh, you know, I was fortunate enough; I didn't know kind of how to market and what they were looking for. Um, so I just kind of carried that right over to the outdoor industry. And the two, the first two companies that took a chance on me were Badlands Packs and Clothing and Bear Archery. And Bear's obviously a legendary archery company, um, one of the first big archery brands, and uh, both of those people, the, the marketing guys met me in person just at an event, and we carried on a conversation. I wasn't looking for sponsorship. I didn't even know what I was going to do in the outdoor industry. And, you know, within a month, both of them had given me a call, and all of a sudden uh, I start out as, you know, just regular pro staff. Um, I'm super loyal to those brands. They've been good to me. I love their products. They're definitely products that I would be using you know, even if I didn't work for them. And um, now, you know, I've worked my way on to a paid position with those, with those companies. Uh, I worked for Badlands, uh, Bear, Onyx Maps out of Montana is one of my better companies I've been with for seven years. Bronk Box, 
which is a new company I've been with for about three years. Great people. Um, Vortex Optics. There's several different companies. Victory Victory Arrows. I don't want to really leave anybody out. Big and Jace uh, Feeds. These are all companies I do a lot of content work for, and mm-hmm. that's what they pay me for is to represent them and to provide them with content. And um, I love their products, and they keep me rolling. They keep me going up and down the road and keep me able to do uh, what uh, what I what I want to do and what I enjoy doing. And um, it's kind of funny because I, when I decided I was going to start back roping, I actually uh, reached out to my buddy Steve Calloway. Callaway ropes back in the day Steve and I are the same age and we competed against each other in junior rodeo all over Texas and uh, um, Steve's family owned Callaway ropes and when I was still rodeoing I used a lot of Callaway rope products they're big and strange and their ropes and when I told him I was going to start back he sent me a note and said I think you're crazy but I'm sending you a couple of ropes <laughs> <laughs> uh, well so, you know you know, I saw I saw a video the other day, and um, I I hope I saved it because I was cl- I was just you know scrolling through social media, but it, it was a a ninety year old man that I mean roped and tied a calf in like thirteen seven or something, and I just thought mm-hmm. how how impressive is that <laughs> you know so you you got a yeah, long it's very you, got a long, you got a long ways to go, Tim. <laughs> yeah, I got a long ways to go, and uh, one of my other companies that that I've been working with for a few years is, is called Wilderness Athlete. And it's a supplement company that was developed by a um, strength, um, strength coach down in Arizona um, from back in the day. And he, uh, he's an avid hunter. He's also a big-time football player. And he's a, a, a strength coach there in Arizona. I'm not sure if it was Arizona State or University of Arizona. I'm not sure which college it was. But uh, he, uh, he, uh, he developed this, this line of supplements that, was not, you know, more or less to build, you know, huge muscles and be more or less the bodybuilder type build, but it was more to help guys sustain energy when they were climbing those mountains and chasing those sheep and chasing those giant, uh, you know, elk out in the mountains and doing all this stuff. And uh, he helped develop that. And it also worked for any kind of athlete. And so when I told them I was going to start back roping, they were like, oh, you you got to do you got to do some films about that, like how how we want to help. And I'm like, I really wasn't wanting to do any films about it. I was kind of wanting to do it to get away from having to work, but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll do it. So uh, so now we're making uh, we're doing a little uh, a, basically a, a little um, series of films, probably four films, and uh, it's going to be about me kind of making a, a, a semi comeback, which is basically on a local local level we're going to do we're going to come back on a local level with me coming back rodeo with the help of wellness athlete that's great that's great man hey we're getting close to the end of our time here tim but a couple questions um what's your favorite hat brand my favorite hat brand is resist all stetson so like i've I've worn resist all forever i've worn stetson forever and the fact that they're both kind of the same company now i Mm -hmm. really like that (laughs) very cool and how about boots boots i think i've I've always i used I, i used to wear ariots forever and um and then when the the rubber soles got to where i couldn't get them out of my out of my uh, stirrups anymore they started hanging up i kind of went back to the, to the justins and uh 
I wore Justin's forever. And here in the last few years, probably about five years ago, I discovered Tin Hall. Oh, yeah. When I discovered Tin Hall boots, I'm like, I've got, I'm addicted to them. I've got like five pairs of Tin Hall boots. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. How about uh, what's your favorite favorite movie, favorite Western movie? My favorite Western movie, uh, I'm sure everybody says Lonesome Dove, and I love Lonesome Dove, but I can say one of my favorite, for a cap roper to say this, is probably strange. One favorite Western movie uh, is probably Eight Seconds, and uh-huh. the reason is because my, my dad is actually in that movie, and um, I actually had a personal relationship with, with Lane Frost and his family, and my dad and I were actually having a conversation with Lane uh, in Weatherford, Texas, on the announcer stand the night he he flew from Weatherford back to Cheyenne, and, and he passed away the next day. Man, and uh, so that's that's always been one of my favorite movies. I haven't necessarily liked the way maybe it was portrayed in some ways, as authentically as it could have been. But the fact that my dad was part of that and the conversation that Lane and my dad and I had, he had his jaw. Lane had his jaw wired shut. Um, he. Had, They'd flown into Weatherford from Cheyenne from him riding his first one. And they were flying on a private plane back that night. And I had just flown into Weatherford from Salinas. And Weatherford was my hometown rodeo. My dad was announcing it. And uh, so, yeah, had to be eight seconds. Man, that's, that's, that's some history behind that right there. Man, that's amazing. Yep. Amazing. Well, very cool. Well, Tim, hey, man, it's been, it's been great having you on the uh, – on the podcast. I've, I've really enjoyed it. You know, you've got, you know, quite the, quite the story and, and, and it's going to continue. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to you getting uh, your podcast out and um, would love to uh, be a guest on it and, and talk. Some You're going to be, I'm going to call you. Don't think I'm not going to call you up to be <laughs> I want to hear about some of those crazy California hunting regulations. <laughs> oh, yo, yo, I got some stories there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a that's a whole podcast there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey Tim, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it, and um, I look forward to uh, look forward to talking to you. Um, you know, real soon. I look forward to meeting you in person too here one of these days. Absolutely. Sounds great. Where are you, cowboys? All right, ma'am. Will you enjoy the rest of your day? You too. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler I drive that old back road until it ends At the rope and pin We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick Although we're all the same minute we ride in to the roping pen Well, I ain't no play your speed But I give her hell He never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers And we'll tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle and philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen
Yeah, we don't do it for the money You were always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pin And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack If you can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the rope and Yeah. 